0: Hello and welcome along to episode 100 of the podcast. And thank you for all of your support over the last six months. And a big thank you to the athletes, Olympians, and Paralympians who've given their time and been so encouraging since I began this project back in January. It started with a desire to help tell the story of Olympians and Paralympians, or at least the hopefuls, who've been working for so many years to try to get to Tokyo, to hear their backstories and hear about the bumps along the road, especially during this COVID time. I also wanted to do something to raise awareness of Maggie's Cancer Centres. My wife was diagnosed with bowel cancer during 2020, and so it's been a tough 12 months for her with some gruelling treatment. Maggie's have been a fantastic help, both to her and to the family. And thanks to everyone who sent me a tip of a couple of pounds or more via justgiving.com and searching Destination Tokyo, and I'll put the details in the show notes so thank you so much now amongst the athletes who've been so encouraging is Shona McCallin. I was lucky enough to interview Shona pitchside minutes after she helped the GB hockey team win gold in Rio in 2016 a truly memorable night well Shona and the team have certainly had their ups and downs since then and I was delighted that Shona was up for being guest number 100
1: yeah well done on reaching 100 big uh big achievement
0: it's a big achievement, and uh, yeah, it's it seemed a long time since the cold, dark days of January. So much has happened over the last five months, hasn't it? Uh, but I guess now, with the Games six weeks away, it feels like it's so close.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, recently, it was 50 days to, to the start of Tokyo, which makes it feel very close, makes it feel very real as well. You're seeing team selections and individual selections left, right and centre all over Team GB's social media. So, it, it, yeah, it's definitely feeling close.
0: And what do you do as a squad in the sort of last, it's probably only a month before you fly to Tokyo? What what are you concentrating on in, in training? How much is it about preparing for the conditions in Tokyo? What sort of things are you doing?
1: Yeah, so conditions in Tokyo will be a huge factor. Um, So we're doing as much as we can to help with that. So doing some humidity work in the facilities that we have at Bisham, being in heat of 40 degrees and, you know, up to 80% humidity for up to an hour and a half, just to check how we all all go and what strategies we need to make sure that we're performing. And then on the pitch, it will just be dotting the I's and crossing the T's and making sure everything's in place um, and that we're ready to hit the ground running when the team that goes out to Tokyo do go out.
0: I guess you're used to tournaments, but uh, it's unlike many other sports, I guess, you know, when usually you might play every week or something like that. But when you're at the Olympics, you're playing every other day. I mean, go, g- games come thick and fast. Do you prepare especially for, for tournament hockey?
1: Yeah, so pretty much everything that we've done in training over the last, like, two, three years, has been geared towards the Olympics, so it's all about being able to physically compete in eight games in 13 days, so making sure that we are physically able to do that. Obviously, we get get used and get prepared for other tournaments along the way, but we don't specifically prepare for them in the same way that we prepare for the Olympics. Like It's a totally new challenge for everybody. No other hockey tournaments are that long, no other hockey tournaments that we've played in will be this hot and this demanding. So yeah, lots of work, um, planning and preparations gone into making sure all our training is geared up to to being able to physically compete, you know, when it comes to game seven, game eight, because they will be the most important ones of the tournament.
0: And is that gym work or is that sort of simulations?
1: It's a bit of everything. So gym work will be to make sure that obviously we're strong enough to be able to manage the load so that it'll be like um, capacity work for us. And then it will be training-wise, so making sure, let's say, if we've got a couple of weeks training that the eight days, the eight games will be simulated in training along with the rest days and things like that. and And also making sure training will be harder than the matches so then when we come to matches it's not a shock to the system we're already used to that intensity
0: you've been on the squad now 10 nearly 10 years is that right yeah
1: two, two, when is it 2013 so
0: eight eight years eight years yeah have things changed uh training wise or fitness wise or physicality wise since you 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 first went down there and you had your first day there have, has, has there been a step change at all or were the things in place when you first got there do you think?
1: Um, I think we're really lucky that we've got some exceptional expertise in sports science and sports performance so even back in 2013 we had amazing facilities and staff and one of the the main drivers um, for our physical capabilities now works with the FA and he works with the England football men so just shows that I guess the strength that we had in in that capacity in terms of like facilities we've always had amazing facilities and we're super lucky that we have those and they've been redone up which just gives us that extra edge to be able to train day in day out there Um, but I think that's one of the advantages that we have as a a nation GB hockey compared to others is the expertise in the sports science behind, behind the sport that it's the work that the English Institute of Sport do for us is incredible.
0: Uh, I was alarmed this week to see you on crutches. (laughs) That doesn't seem great timing. How are things? What's happened?
1: Could be better, you know, six weeks out from the Olympics on crutches. So I was playing in a a match against USA for GB a couple of weeks ago and I just got hit on the foot with the ball. It's not broken, which is good, but they're just trying to be as cautious as possible with it um, to make sure I get the best opportunity to perform when it comes to Tokyo, if if selected. So I should be fine. They're just a bit of an annoyance at the moment. Um, but the foot is feeling good.
0: Because it must be a really difficult time. I mean, you brought on, the last time you were on this podcast, you brought Emily de on on International Women's Day. And I was you know, devastated to see that, that Emily's chances of making the squad for the game ended with an injury. And after putting so much time and effort into it, you know, injuries are just a... a a real annoyance there must must especially as you get close to the games it must be really uh, a a really difficult place to be
1: it's it's just unfortunately just one of those things that can happen like it it can happen whenever and unfortunately it happened to me um fingers crossed it will be absolutely fine and I'll be able to be in contention for for selection for Tokyo but it is the athlete's worst nightmare to get injured just before major competitions such as the olympics or nowadays to get covid before major competition is also a big risk factor i know rates and stuff are low at the moment but to put everything on hold for years of your life and then to be i've got covid like a couple weeks before the olympics would just be devastating as well so it is about wrapping ourselves up a little bit in cotton wool to make sure that we're making the right decisions in terms of reducing our risk and exposure to it and also making sure that we can do everything possible to keep our bodies fit and healthy when it comes to injury
0: yeah i think this will be a game to where there will be some real hard luck covid stories because it's not just about getting getting it it's a, you know it's almost sometimes being in contact with someone who's tested positive so you're you're well aware of this you're you're, you're being briefed on it you'll you are being given all the information
1: yeah exactly and um for us, or well for me, I just control as much as I can control. So reduce the risk as much as possible. Yes, I still want to live my life, but, you know, I won't be going out to restaurants and eating inside. Any time between now and Tokyo, I don't want to take that risk. I will be limiting who I see, um, you know, just being sensible. I've luckily, luckily got my first jab, so that's um, really positive, and hopefully then I get my second one, you know, that will help as well.
0: Yes, it must have been great from an athlete's perspective that Pfizer got together with the IOC and Team GB and Paralympics GB and offered vaccinations to you guys. Because, you know, with, with vaccinations freely available for the over 30s now, I mean, you, you know, you're not, you, you guys aren't far off that way, really. It's a different position, too. It might have been February.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, there's, a, there's a couple of the girls in our team who are, we call them the oldies. They actually got offered it on the NHS because they're in that age category and yeah you know I'm nearly 30 so I would have been offered it sooner rather than later on the NHS so it was good that we could just sneak in that little bit earlier um, and so that we could get our second dose if we go to Tokyo before then
0: Uh, Great well look good to see you I hope you uh, are back um, in full training very very soon and hopefully you know you're named in the squad and hopefully the next time we meet you'll have your Team GB kit on
1: Fingers crossed thanks ever so much Mark
0: that's Team GB Shona McCallan from GB Hockey and uh, best wishes Shona on a speedy recovery and back into action. Thanks very much for listening today. It's been a great week, actually. Been down to kitting out in Birmingham. Spoke to Vicky Thornley, part of the rowing team, Jeanette Chippington, who's a legend of para canoe, and also Laura Gallagher gave a great interview about trampoline gymnastics. So definitely worth listening back to this week. Some fantastic guests. And more to come next week, starting with the Olympian, who also fancies himself as a poet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. This has been episode 100. Bye-bye.